watching these '90s movies. Th- these years were the prime for movies. Prime. Yeah, really like peak culture, peak yeah. of peak American culture. Yeah, yeah. In the uh, 20th century, it's just hit after hit after hit. It just seems like it is, and yeah. movie after movie after movie. This is uh, this comes out at the same time. Uh, Apollo 13 still in theaters, and yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's crazy. No, but then, but then I started thinking like, what happened to Alicia Silverstone? I know right after this, she was like, oh. yeah, well, we're gonna have to get into that too. <laughs> no, I know, I know. What's funny too is that she's only like 43. Yeah, because she's super. Because I mean, everyone in this is literally a teenager, right? Yeah. So yeah, and it's only ninety five. Yeah, no, so I have some thirty years ago. I have some <laughs> thoughts about that too. Compared to comparing it to like um, Mean Girls, when everybody's like in their thirties, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think Rachel McAdams is literally <laughs> like twenty seven like, in right. that or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes a big difference. Uh, Brittany Murphy had to have a parent on set. Yeah, because yeah. she was like tw- she looks twelve in this film. Yeah, she's seventeen, but she looks younger. Yeah. She doesn't look seventeen. Right. All right, let's actually start the podcast. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll cut in somewhere there and then I'll have to be like, as you know, I don't know how to start the podcast. We'll either start with just doing the podcast. Um, as I've said repeatedly, that's probably the best option, but who knows? I'll figure it out one day or something along the lines of welcome to late. Welcome rather to late to the movies. My name is Ben Holton. This is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots each week. We'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now this week, continuing the as yet better named month theme of teen movies adapted from classic literature. It's clueless adapted from Jane Austen's Emma loosely adapted, but still counts. Uh, and the guest this week is Anthony. Welcome back. Oh, Ben, as if <laughs> there it is. Uh, and I'm, I'm just furiously checking my text now because my cousin emailed me, not emailed me. We're not, we're not ancient. He texted me a better option for the month name. And now I can't find it. I don't know. But, um, yeah, as a, usually I'd say like, Oh, have you watched anything good recently? Um, but this month I think I'm going to ask, can you come up with a better name for the month? Uh, no, but I was prepared to answer. What have I watched recently? Okay. Well, we'll go to that (laughs) then. The, the greatest new, uh, sitcom action sitcom on, uh, streaming services, FUBAR. With my pal Arnold Schwarzenegger. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, Which, phenomenal. I thought it was excellent. Uh, you might be on the high end of the <laughs> critical reception to that. I haven't seen it though, so grain of salt. I don't know. I I binge watched it. In you're you're an Arnie like two guy, days. Love, love Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it, it. it hits all the high notes. The ac- the action is pretty cheesy and cheap, but Monica Barbaro is in it. She's excellent from Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do like her. And yeah. Arnold, they just repeat the same old Arnold movie lines from all the movies. He just but he's just 80 years old now, but still doing action. And, and um, <laughs> just an excellent guy. supporting cast of characters. A real, real funny plot. They have great chemistry. Excellent. And surprisingly, Arnold's, he, his, uh, he's in the CIA, right? Obviously. Yeah, so of he's, course. His ex-wife is played by the woman who was uh, a lot of vagina in Austin Powers. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at this lady. I'm like, who is that? I don't. I know who this woman is. The face looks so familiar. For, for, as a person who knows a lot of actor and actresses' <laughs> names, I don't. I know exactly who you're talking about, I, but I don't know. Right, what and I had to look her up. She's Italian actress, but I was like, "Who is?" I look it up. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I'll stay. They're in the jacuzzi, yeah. right? Yeah. How dare you break one before me? Sorry, I didn't know it was your <laughs> yeah. turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> uh, great. That's another great film. So, Fubar. Anything else? No, that's really that's okay. Really that's good. Yeah. Um, and I found the text. He said that it should be. He, he he admits it's a stretch, but bad spark notes month. 
Oh, all right. Yeah. Which, like, I can see what he's getting at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And listen, we'll, we'll keep trying to refine that, but for now, it's still teen movies adapted from classic literature. No, per- that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, I mean, it says what it says on the tin. That's uh, simple to the point. Yeah. I, um, I've been watching a lot of stuff. And I watched season three of I Think You Should Leave. Oh, yeah. I watched the, uh, I skimmed through some of those episodes. Not bad. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I I love that show. Um, It's great every couple years to get another, I mean, the whole season is like an hour and 20 minutes. Right. Right. They're only 13 minute episodes. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is great. You can really just get right through it. Um, I I did the episode where he's in the office and um, the woman on his coworkers, like, oh, you're really creative. Then he starts, he goes, that's so funny to me because that's so real. Yeah. Like in any office setting, you tell somebody that they're creative, then they go on about how creative they are. Yeah. 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 It just gets out of control. It just tightens. Yeah. And her boss is like, don't tell him he's creative. (laughs) (laughs) Then like, she sees what he's seeing. There's the volcano. It's good stuff. Um, and then I also watched, and maybe more pertinent to a lot of people listening, I watched the new Spider-Verse movie in theaters now. Oh, yeah. yeah, how was um, that? Really, really good. Really? Yes, excellent. Worth seeing in theaters. Better than Guardians? Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. So um, they're on a roll with these Spider-Mans then? Um, I guess Spider-Man's not in Guardians, but just, I guess, generally. No, but... <laughs> different since, different since company, the, but yeah. I thought it's all Marvel. It's all Marvel, but the Spider-Man movies are Sony. Oh, right, right, right. The, right, right. like, Guardians, and the, those are all MCU movies. Those are yeah. all Disney movies. Um, but this is Sony animation. Obviously, the uh, sequel to a movie we've done on this podcast, Into the Spider-Verse. This one, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to... I, I don't know. It's weird because it has a certain structure to it that I knew about going into it. Yeah. But based on reactions in the audience, a lot of people didn't know about it. So I'll just, I I won't say in case, in case it is a spoiler. I didn't think it was, but I'll, you know, if you're curious, you can find out yourself and maybe you'll get something out of it. But just the, uh, whatever you feel about the narrative, I liked it. It's, I mean, visually like on an entirely different level from, from a lot of, other movies that are coming out now, live action or animation. Um, the, right. f- the first one won Best Animated at the Oscars. I think this one is going to walk away with it. Yeah. But I mean... We'll see. Calling it now. It's not for another 10 months or whatever. All but. the recent Spider-Mans about No Way Home and Halfway Home and yeah. Soon to Be Home. Halfway yeah. Home. <laughs> the, they're all, really they've, all been, they've all been huge hits. No like real letdown out of all of them. No, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny that... Um, it turns out people aren't necessarily over superheroes. They're just like well-made and more popular superheroes could still yeah. do. Cause it's, sure. it's real. It's already made it. It's tracking to make more money than the first one did already. And it, it's, it's opening weekend. It's either the best or the second best of the year so far. Um, it's doing like Mario numbers. So yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Do you now, do you have to watch all of them to understand this one? Uh, no, no. So this is only a sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. The other right. animated one. Gotcha. Um, it doesn't, you know, with an asterisk, and you'll see why, I guess. It doesn't really have anything to do with any other Spider-Man movie in terms of understanding the action of this one. Gotcha. Um, it is, in like a larger sense, about Spider-Man movies, um, because like all movies are meta things about movies these days, right. I guess. Yeah. Um, it's just the same script with different characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, yeah. but 
Uh, it does some interesting stuff in that space, but oh, nice. just vis- visually, it's just so stunning. Yeah. Um, really, really cool stuff. I'm trying, I'm waiting for, um, I'm looking forward to like, ex- uh, extraction two when that comes out. Yeah. They put out a teaser for it where yeah. it's just like fighting in the prison yard. Yeah. Looks, looks. And Netflix has a funny promo for, with him, uh, and Arnold in the elevator together. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that's, those are the main things that I've been watching recently. So let's, uh, talk about Clueless. Yeah, let's do it. 1995's Clueless, an iconic film, really one of the most quoted movies from the nineties, sort of, uh, you know, typify, I don't, I don't even know what you'd say. It's like, when you think about nineties movies, just rolling with you think the about homies. Clueless, you're rolling with the homies. Uh, I think they make Brittany Murphy do that like three different times with all different levels of sadness. Oh, really? Um, well, it's just like the first hot. time she does it, she's like happy. Yeah, right. And then she's sad about it. Yeah, right. And then she's kind of making fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I was four when it came out, so I didn't see it in theaters, but I've seen it a bunch of times since yeah. then. Good thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've seen it a bunch of times. It's just one of those movies. It's always on. It's always around. Yet somehow you've avoided it. And I've never seen it. I don't know it's why. Crazy. Yeah. Maybe I did. I just don't remember, but. When I came out, I was, so I was nine. Yeah. It's an inappropriate movie for, for both of us. When sure, it yeah, came out. sure, sure. <laughs> but that, it's just, it's a throwback to the 90s when everything was so simple. You know, mm-hmm. this is pre, like, you know, Columbine, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and That's all that funny. fun stuff, yeah. So the episode that came out last week was 10 Things I Hate About You, which is 1999. Yeah. And so you're like, it was so, everything was good. Yeah. Nothing had gotten bad. Yeah, yet. nothing was bad. Yeah. As far as movies were aware, we obviously know, yeah. you know, there's plenty of things that have been wrong for a right. very long time. Well, but e- even a lot of the dialogue in this film is yeah. like, you might not be able to do that today. Yeah. 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 But just in terms of like culturally, it's like peak America. Right. Doesn't get better than this. Doesn't get, the nineties. <laughs> it really doesn't get better than the nineties. Yeah. At least according to people who are making these movies. But right. I, I do, um, yeah, so this is a good one. So this is an Amy Heckerling movie who we haven't talked about before. I'm trying to remember what theme it was. We almost did her debut, which is as much as this is like a movie you think about when you think about 90s movies, her her debut is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yeah. which when you think about 80s movies, that's like the high school 80s movie right. <laughs> that you're going to think about. Um, yeah. Spicoli. Yeah, it was, I think we did Heathers instead. So one of yeah. the like 80s high school movies that you think about. Um and uh, so she writes and directs this movie, adapts it from Jane Austen's Emma, and she just kind of liked how positive the main character in that is. She had been sort of contracted to write a script that would appeal to kids. She wrote this. People were like, oh, it's 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 got a lot of women in it, though. It's got a lot of girls. Yeah. I don't know if people are going to like it. And then um, noted jerk Scott Rudin found it uh, like six months later and whatever pile of scripts he was looking at and decided right. it was really good. Yep. And then there was a bidding war and Paramount won, uh, became this whole synergistic thing. Paramount also owns MTV. Um, at least at the time, I don't know who owns what now. Yeah. So it makes a uh, makes synergy wise a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Vi- isn't it Viacom or was it Viacom? I guess so. Yeah. And they all owned each other. Right. I don't know who was the main parent at yeah, one yeah. point. But yeah, so just synergistically, it's primed this movie to become like the, you know, teen obsession. It goes on to yeah. win and get nominated for a bunch of like MTV movie awards later that year. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's, uh, it's a hot it's, commodity uh, in Alicia Silverstone at the time. Yeah, she's um, she gets hired after Amy Heckerling sees her in the video for Aerosmith's "Crying." Filmed, filmed in Fall River, Massachusetts. Yeah, Abbey Grill. <laughs> yeah, right. You can eat there now. Um, I think it's closed still. Yeah, it's it's mostly it's, been closed. On and off, on and off. Yeah. <laughs> you can look into the windows though. That's true. I'll be like, ah, Steven Tyler was there. Yep. In that stained glass window. In that stained glass window. Um, she's like 16 in that video, yeah. which is, I don't know what's With, uh, going and on her, there. Her boyfriend in the video is Stephen Dorff. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, the guy that Josh robs Holloway, her back. Yeah, yeah, from Lost is the guy who yep. robs her backpack. Yeah, yeah. So all these people who are just like, oh, what a, that's there. what I'm saying. The 90s. What the are 90s. <laughs> Everything's good. Nothing's bad. Nothing's corrupted. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I think the 90s to us is what like the 50s were. To maybe our parents. Yeah, that's that's or probably that's probably fair. Yeah, yeah. Just the this like everything was great until Elvis shook his hips on TV, <laughs> right? Uh, oh man, I I had to, I I can't tell you how hard it was to stop myself from doing a run of Tom Hanks lines from the Elvis movie and his <laughs> weird accent. Um. Anyway, uh, how do you feel about doing a one minute plot summary? No, let's go. I'll do it. Go for it. Named after great singers from the past, Sharon and best friend. Dion are two popular it girls at their Beverly Hills high school. Despite being plagued by her unassuming ex-stepbrother, Josh, effortlessly negotiating and matchmaking her way out of everything, Cher gets her sights on a new clueless student, Ty, for a makeover as a new challenge. Cher fails at setting up Ty with popular hunk Elton, and things start to go downhill as Elton confesses his love for Cher, much to her disappointment. Ty becomes more popular than Cher, which forces Cher to re-examine her outlook on life as well as how she treats others. Cher realizes that she's the clueless one and oddly falls in love with her ex-stepbrother, Ant-Man. <laughs> so we mentioned Alicia Silverstone. You mentioned Ant-Man. Paul Rudd's also in it. This is his first movie. Um, Brittany Murphy is in this movie. Also, um, one-time congressional candidate and full-time Weirdo Stacy Dash is also in yeah, this movie. Yeah, stay, yeah. Um, what a fall from grace. Seriously, uh, Donald Faison and Brecken Meyer from the opening of Josie and the Pussycats yeah. also in this movie, and, and scrub, a bunch of scrubs, other stuff. Scrubs, yeah. yeah, yeah, Scrubs, Rat Race. Um, Seth Green was almost in this movie in Brecken Meyer's role, but he didn't get cast. No, obviously. you can't put him in there. Uh, I mean, similar energy. Yeah, say, yeah, Brecken same Meyer's, thing. Yeah, Meyer feels more he fits. harmless. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, there's. Like a lot of these movies, just a bunch of people who went on to become people. But yep. then two, what, one or two years after this is Batman and Robin. Yep. Leisha Silverstone's Batgirl. The worst Batman of all time. And then it's just kind of over. For- yeah, I know. I, I was just saying this. The other She's day in too. a ton of stuff. She's constantly working. Right. But yeah, this is sort of the joke at the time was that Brittany Murphy, like, you know, career Freaky Friday with her. Right. And it's Brittany Murphy that went on to be in a bunch of rom-coms and stuff through yep. the early thousands. Yep. Eight Mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Eight Mile also, yeah. Uh, but watching this movie though, Paul Rudd, he looks older in this movie than he does today. I don't know if that's internally <laughs> true, but he doesn't look that different. Right, he looks exactly the same. So uh, twenty-eight it's, years, I yeah. think. Um, the guy does not age. I think he really is his character from that TV show where he uh, like swapped bodies. They bury the bodies in the back there. I forgot what that. Tom Brady's in it real quick. It was on Netflix. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's, it's Paul I wanted to do a funny. I was going to say Friends because I thought that would be a funny oh, sure, based sure. on that description. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I have to look, I have to look it up Sorry. later. Yeah, that's okay. um, yeah. So Paul Rudd later this same year is in I think Halloween Five. Uh, he's in one of the weirdly high numbered Halloween sequels. Yeah, I think it's five. And uh, sorry if that's incorrect. And then, uh, and then, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's Paul Rudd now. Right. He's the guy. Yeah. Role, and then, but in the early 2000s, role models and. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, building that career. Right. Sort of one brick at a time. Yeah. Eventually everyone's just like, I, we like seeing this guy yeah. on screen, I yeah. guess. Nice, easy face. Yeah. Uh, he's in one of the best Tim and Eric sketches um, when he's uh, on his computer. Looking at oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's the name of that sketch? I don't know the name of that sketch. Oh, it's like it's like Office Man or something. Yeah, like that. it's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's mostly what he's known it's for. It's a great sketch. Um but yeah, I guess let's uh get into the plot a little bit. So it kicks off as every movie around this time was contractually obligated. There's a montage set to that Kids in America song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which a cover, yeah, by the Muffs. Yeah, yeah. Which I think that song, some version of it, is in any movie featuring people who are teenagers or <laughs> yeah, you know, right, lower yeah. for like a 10 year period yeah. there. That I said that point to the end. Cause the, the soundtrack to this film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Iconic. A lot of Radiohead. Yeah. Which I like, um, and mighty, mighty boss tone show up too. But like you said, yeah. we'll save it. We'll save it. Um, there's a voiceover kind of running throughout the whole movie. I'm kind of, depending on how it's used hot and cold on voiceovers, but I think it actually works pretty well. In this yeah. Movie. Yeah. Like this you, movie you follows get so much of the character, right? It's a simple format. This movie really follows. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, um, how familiar are you with Jane Austen's Emma? I never read it. Yeah, I haven't. Even. <laughs> I know everybody loves Jane Austen, so I mean, yeah, sure. There's, great, great writer. There's a decent amount of similarities. Um, yeah. I haven't read him. I've read other Jane Austen. I promise. Yeah. Um, but not not Emma. But I guess the the general idea is it's kind of the same thing. It's this you know, about this young woman who's very single, but loves doing matchmaking yeah. has suitors. Some, yep. you know, there's mixed signals ends up with the, everyone loves her, but this one guy who's kind of critical, then they realize they have feelings for each other at the end after her right. friend says that she wants them to get together or whatever that clarifies her own feelings. Yeah. All also stuff. super rich. I think everyone in, in that one is pretty much super rich. Okay. That's, uh, you know, everyone's doing okay in most of Jane Austen's yeah, novels. A, right. a gross generalization, and I apologize to English majors, but still. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, we, we kick off. She's kind of doing the thing. It's all, this whole movie just sort of feels like a Rosetta Stone for, like, 90s quotes and oh, yeah. lingo. And oh, yeah. It's the Val speak, the Valley speak thing that they're doing, yeah. but. Um, yeah, uh, Heckerling spent some time, like, observing yeah, uh, Beverly Hills like High School. Yeah, right. Stuff, yeah. Just seeing how they act. And I I mean it's very caricature of every yeah. when I think of like Southern California or the Valley, it's it's probably this movie that really stereotyped what those folks look like and act like. Yeah, pretty much. Um there's uh I think in the eighties is sort of when that archetype is developing and then yeah. this sort of brings it back and really crystallizes yep. what a, I guess a valley girl is right. for people. Um and yeah, I uh, I like this movie a lot. Yeah, this was an excellent movie to watch. Okay, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you think so. It's um, not as critical as Inside Lou and Davis on this one. <laughs> that's okay. That's I think something that is you know worthwhile to try and break down is the idea that movies like this yeah. aren't on the same level as movies about like sad 
older men. Right. <laughs> so yeah, per- yeah, perfect. Um, but I think I mean the script in this is is razor sharp. It's so good. Yeah, the, like the dialogue is quick. Yeah. Uh, not it is not it's not over wordy. Yeah. The plot sort of sails right through. It's a nice quick movie too. It's only in like an hour and a half. Yep. I think Just ninety-seven minutes and there's perfect like credits. Yeah. Like, a lot of songs in there. You keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's really she's upset that she gets to see. That sort of kicks off. Yes. Yeah. That's what I love her computer in the beginning, though, when she's picking out her fashion. That's like I was like, what is this? Windows ninety five? Awesome. You don't have one of those to pick out your outfit every day? I, I don't. No, uh, gotta get on it. I know. Uh slacking. Um that's sort of what kicks off stuff. Structurally, it's sort of hard to go one, you know, A to B with the plot in this yeah, right, because right, it right. is sort of yeah, it wanders all around. Yeah. Kind of meanders, yeah. yeah. It's a little shaggy, but on purpose. Right. Um, and that's coming from the adaptation too. So she does get a C in debate class, Mm -hmm. which kicks off her first matchmaking situation, at least in the movie, where she's trying to pair up the inimitable Wallace Shawn with uh, another teacher. Right. Mrs. Geist. Mrs. Geist. Yep. Uh, And that's good. And that does pay off. And eventually, you know, and everyone's happy. It doesn't. um, All you need was a good boink fest. Yeah, exactly. There's a thing that we kept coming back to in the last episode about 10 things I hate about you is that there's like this underlying kind of meanness yeah. to what's happening. Yeah. And even though she, Alicia Silverstone's character share in this movie is manipulating things, at least at the beginning, because it'll work out for her. It still isn't like necessarily mean. Right. No, she's coming at it from a good place, but it's, it's yeah. kind of a cruel thing to do. It's kind of a cruel thing to do, but it doesn't, you know, there's, there's no, no one ever gets mad about it right, <laughs> in yeah, this right, movie. Right. Well, I mean, how does how can Wallace Shawn get mad about at anything? Yeah, exactly. So she's at school. She gets, you know, she gets the C. It's whatever. She goes back home, and Josh is there. Yep. Paul Rudd, her ex stepbrother, her ex stepbrother. But it, this movie also has some dark undertones in like a '90s fashion because they, yeah, Wallace Shawn hands out the report cards. And uh, Stoner Boy wants to jump out the window and commit suicide immediately. Oh, yeah, pretty much immediately. And he says, let's not commit suicide until next period. Yeah, can we postpone the suicide <laughs> attempts or whatever he's doing? Um, and I was like, damn, right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it is pretty messed up. It just goes there immediately. You're not wrong. Um, he's on a break from college, is Josh? Yeah. Paul Rudd? Yep. So he's, he's 26 in this film. Yeah, he's still tight with his... Uh, Former stepdad. Yep. Played by Dan Hedaya. Yep. Um, which he he's in a bunch of stuff. The only other thing we've done that he's in is Mulholland Drive, which is funny. Um oh, but uh, in previous episodes, like we talk about Ed Harris. Yeah. Or, these guys. Yes. This this group of character actors who Dan Hedaya. Yeah. Bringing the straight heat. Yes. That guy is a movie dad through and through. <laughs> Night at the Roxbury, yeah. classic film. The best, the best dad ever. Also Amy Heckerling, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's, yeah, this he's like, is... She's like, Dan, I got the role yeah, for you. I, I need that, I <laughs> yeah. need that Hadaya fire. Father to need. two idiot brothers. <laughs> just like in Clueless. Yeah, this is, um, I, I mean, it's just his, his, uh, his mode, his, he's in dad yeah. mode and he does a great job. Chair, it's, get over here. <laughs> get out of my chair. So she decides she's going to negotiate for better grades and that's, you know, kicking off the matchmaking plot, like they just need to be in a better mood. And that ultimately works out. Not immediately, not for like, there's a, you know, several scenes in between. Right. 
But it does eventually work out. But it does plot sort of alleges that this is how she gets by in life. She just negotiates or match yeah. makes her way out of everything. So that's like the first 20 something minutes is mostly her focusing on that. Right. And then that plot, I mean, those two, basically they stay together in the background of the movie and yeah. there's other stuff that happens in Wallace Shawn's class. Right. But essentially that's when Brittany Murphy, Ty comes into the picture. She shows up. And then really the rest of the movie is about shares quote unquote project with yeah. Ty. They see her on the, walking into the, the tennis court. Yep. Yeah. That would be a bad way to learn tennis. Yeah. It's just everyone lines up and does, you know, yep. you have one person hits the ball at a time. Yeah, right. <laughs> people hate that. People don't like that at all. <laughs> but at, before that, though, when she's trying to set Wallace Sean up with someone, I don't know, you might have to edit this part out, but they, she's <laughs> like, the gym teacher's like a stereotypical lesbian, like as most yes. gym teachers of the time. That's a dialogue in the film. I'm not sure that. Yeah, I mean, I that's, yeah. So I'm worth calling out. It yeah. is very much 1995. And yeah, yeah. like these people are, you know, I guess Cher sort of learns to be more chill about this kind of thing as the movie goes on. But it's right. definitely a class system yeah, that yeah. she's organizing people into. Right. Um, based on their whole vibe, which I'm sure is reflected in the novel of just, oh, that person's below your station. But yeah. instead of a stoner skater, he's a farmer. Right. That equivalent to Travis in, I, in the novel. I gotcha, yeah. Um, so... It, it, Same idea, and yeah. then I guess, well, what, what would we do? Who's like an outsider in the 90s? Oh, a lesbian gym teacher, yeah, right, I guess yeah. is what they land on. Right. Or Brittany Murphy's character, who's, I think is from New York. Yeah. With yeah. that accent. Yeah. With that Coming accent. Coming with flannel and grunge. Yep. Yeah. She has a line about how I've never had straight friends before, right. which is funny. Yeah, yeah. right. So this is the first time that you do like the Leo pointing at the screen meme, which is because the voiceover, she says she's totally clueless. Um, you're like, that's the name of the movie. Right. <laughs> Ty, it's, uh, it's called a callback, right? In comedy. Brittany Murphy and Breckenmeyer have a meet cute. It's nice. They're, they're, they're hitting it off cause she can draw Marvin the Martian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something that I guess is, is important to mention is that her character in this movie is 15. Yes. Um, yeah. Cause she says she's turning she 16, 16 later. Yep. And I think she turned 16 in May. Yeah. And Silverstone says, well, I, um, yeah, her birthday's in April. 16. Yeah. Yeah. So she's and as, older. as someone who is older than you, let me give you some advice. <laughs> right. Um, then yeah, there's the makeover montage. It's yep. obligatory. Yep. Has to happen. Got to wash the pink out of the hair. Yeah. All these montages are good. Yeah. You know, there's shopping, there's makeovers. It's, it's all the stuff that you need. And they all have, I feel like movies don't do this today. They all have an excellent song playing over them. Yes. A, a nice classic well, I guess it's classic now, but at the time it was yeah. like not not a classic song. That one's like something about a supermodel, is that yeah, song? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Yep. It's just, these movies used to, you know, I guess it's formulaic, it is adapted from a novel. And, right. Uh, but it just, you know, it just worked. It just works. It just yeah. worked. And we've been talking, because of what we've done the last couple months, a lot about how there aren't that many comedies made anymore. Right. There's not a lot of teen movies made anymore. Those are mostly just going straight to streaming. Yep. I think uh, Netflix has a lot of them, but is it breaking through as much? You don't see those movies necessarily getting you know, nominated for things. Um, this got nominated for like WGA writing awards and stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, you don't, you're not really seeing it as much, um, which is too bad. There's the line that really sticks in my head sporadically. Yeah. Use that in a sentence. Yeah. Well, just, I hope I don't see you sporadically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not sporadically. Um, <laughs> hey, Brainiac. 
Cher tries to like break up her and the skater because they're she. Yeah, you know, he's low. He's low class, so she, that's why she wants to give her the makeover. To you, I think she's her and um, Dion say to Ty, "Oh, you should be honored that you're friends with us. It's a it's a real privilege." Because yep. now you're going to be one of the coolest kids. And then, you know, in a very Mean Girls, like this movie yes. reminded me of Mean Girls, right? Yes. Obviously. Um, yeah, of course. Here, here's where all the popular kids sit. Here's where the stoner kids are baked by the trio here. Here's yeah. the skateboard dudes. Here's the the hot guys. Here's then, the Persian mafia. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they drive BMWs. <laughs> it was racking my carry, brain. Like They must carry Tech Nines or something, yeah. Right. They're all on their phones and doing like a stereotypical, like, you know, floor call yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, right, right. Um, uh, yeah, I was trying to remember, like, was that an archetype? I don't, rem- I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that one. Uh, maybe it was, but it's probably it just maybe, that maybe in California, maybe in California, maybe yeah, Beverly Hills. I don't know. It's a bunch of Persian mobsters in people, high school. <laughs> people must ask Amy Hagerling about that. She's like, look, I did the research. <laughs> yeah. Turns out it was just this one I was school there. that had that, but there was a huge click yeah. of these really rich Persian guys. Persian mobsters. I guess. Only men. Yeah. Very, very, very strange. Uh, they end up going to a party in the valley. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Kind of a terror. It's kind of a house party that yeah. like, you I, know, the night goes on a little too long and stuff turns sideways. If you have a teen movie, there must be a house party. Yes. It's, it's one and the same. Uh, they everyone's dancing to the song "Rolling with the Homies." <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Coolio. A lot of death in this movie. All right, yeah. A lot of R.I.P.s. Is well, Coolio t- dead? Yeah, he's dead. I didn't know that. It, oh, I can't believe I just broke news wait, to you. Wait, wait, what? Coolio died. He died like six weeks ago. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It was very recent within within the oh, last no. few months. January. Maybe I did know that. Yeah, yeah. Last fall, last September. September. I was way it's off. Only fifty nine. Yeah, he was wicked young. Yeah, then yeah, they're at the, at the house, house party. party. Donald Faison shaving his head. Yeah, there's there's, there's I, well, a lot of I stuff. I think his going character on. is good in this film. He's yeah, a good like, like comedic relief. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't. Maybe he's not comedic relief, but a good yeah. foil. A foil. Yeah, foil. Yeah, yeah. he's good. I, I like him. Like him as an actor. And then I mean, really, I feel like cultural consciousness is this movie in Scrubs. Yeah, and feels to. I mean. They're in commercials now, him and Zach Braff. So yeah, right. it really feels like T-Mobile commercials. Both yeah. of those guys, people locked in as like, oh yes, you you were the guys in Scrubs and you yeah. were friends then. And now, right. you know, it's like 20 years later and people yep. are like, yes, this is, you can be in commercials, but you have to be together. Right. <laughs> but but at the house party, Cher's trying to set up Ty with Elton John. Yeah. Or Elton for short. <laughs> I assume his name's Elton John. Yeah. You, you should assume so. Yeah. And that, and that guy sucks. Yeah. That guy's a jerk. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, Ty maybe gets a concussion, but as long as she can sing Rolling with the Homies, she's <laughs> yeah. good to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, it just kind of, it's its not a good party, it turns out. Cher's sort of like not having a good time. She wants to leave. And then the obvious like high school style setup of who's going to drive who home. Right. She sort of is trying to manipulate it in a certain way that Ty gets to go home with Elton, but it doesn't work out that way. No, right. Cher goes home with him. He makes a move on her, and she's like, as if. Yeah, <laughs> no way. And then he just like kind of leaves her at a liquor store. Right. And then she gets mugged immediately. She gets robbed at gunpoint. <laughs> immediately. What What teen movies are you getting robbed at gunpoint nowadays? No way that can you can do. No, probably not. And then, yeah, overkill too. Like, right. that guy didn't need a gun. No, right. 
Yeah. <laughs> How I, much cash you could could she have had on her? Like, come on. Well, it's pre- for her, she probably had a lot. Yeah. Okay. I this mean, is, I, as, I, as I was saying that, that makes sense. And it's also pre. I mean, it's ninety five, right? And a very like dated scene in the film is when they're driving to the house party, and Dion and um. Don Faison's character that yeah. she's re- trying to read the map and he's like, what's the numbers at the top? You're going in the wrong way. Yeah. It's a letters at the top. Yeah. Yep. Um, how do you not have, totally a, right. there's no GPS. And I'm like, Oh, that's right. There's no GPS in 1995. Things that you're just like air and water now. Yeah. Right. I just like, well, I wouldn't go somewhere. I, I don't know where I'm going. Exactly. With only a map at night. Right. That's crazy. And you're, you're in LA and everywhere is 20 minutes. Yep. Uh, Josh comes to pick her up. With, uh, I guess, his then-girlfriend, but you don't see her again for the rest no, of the movie. You, yeah. No, and she gives her a lecture on... Um, yeah, Polonius said yeah, that po- quote, right. not Hamlet. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Because she says, oh, I've read, I read Hamlet. She's like, well, I've, I know Mel Gibson. Yeah, people people loved Mel Gibson in 1995. It was an which, easy, it was simpler time. Exactly. There we go. Back to the theme of this simpler movie, time. which is, was a simpler time. But do you think that, that is a, that's a meta... That's a that scene is meta in itself, right? Because here we are watching a movie adapted by a Jane Austen novel, mm-hmm. and the Paul Rudd's date is quoting. She's like, "No, I know ha- the real Hamlet," mm-hmm. and Silverstone's like, "No, no, no, I know Mel Gibson." It's like, yeah, uh, so you're getting a kind of secondhand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I I didn't picked up on that, but that's that's a good point. Yeah, and um, and I and I feel like anytime she's taught, she quotes something like that, it's she says, "Oh." Uh, she writes a poem from one of the teachers to the other one and Dion's like, oh, did you write that? She's like, no, that's like a really famous quote. Yeah. She says, where is it from? She said, uh, Cliff's Notes. Yeah. <laughs> so like kind of same thing. Exactly, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, so they are kind of starting to bond. Paul Rudd's not being as prickly. You know, he kind of feels bad for her, obviously. She got robbed at freaking gunpoint and is a child. So yeah. that's no fun. Um. Then they are trying to make Ty feel better, her and Dion, so they take her out to eat. Yep. Uh, it turns out both Dion and Cher are virgins. And then there's, uh, before Christian enters the classroom at school, there's a good line that I like, that searching for a boy in high school is as useless as searching for meaning in a Pauly Shore movie. Yes. So again, very 90s, yeah. but funny. <laughs> Although maybe we could learn a little bit from Encino Man. Maybe. My guy, my dad really likes biodome. <laughs> so. Probably like an eco-conscious message. Yeah, in that, right, right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and then Christian's on the scene. He he's a new kid in school. Yep. He's been splitting time between. I think they say Chicago, maybe, and here. Um, yeah, because and it's very unfair on the by the, the justice system. Yes. Yeah. Parents have joint custody. I mean, yeah, it would be weird for him to spend time half in one yeah. place and half in the other. One semester in Chicago, one in L.A. Beverly yeah. Hills. But, uh, yeah. He's so impeccably he's dressed. Impeccably well dressed. High school kid, yeah. He's kind of doing, as Dan Hedaya calls out, a sort of like Brat Packish yeah, yeah. sort of that, uh, aesthetic. No, I have that written. That's my favorite line in the whole movie because he says, uh, what is it with you, kid? You think death of Sammy Davis left an opening in the Rat Pack? <laughs> <laughs> I like audibly laughed out loud at that scene. Yeah. And that's, that's the same scene when Christian goes to pick her up. My dad always quoted, you know, I've got a, I got Ford a 44 in a shovel yeah. and, uh, I doubt anyone will miss you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> they, they go to a party together. Yep. Christian's very into dancing. Yep. <laughs> the mighty, mighty Boston's are too. To <laughs> he be wants fair. to know where the clam bakes are. 
Yeah. <laughs> Mighty Mighty Boston's the dancing guy is dancing. He yeah. gets a nice spotlight in it. Dickie oh. Barrett's there too. <laughs> How young he looks. I know it's crazy. And like he he went off the deep end too. I mean, I think he's a recovering alcoholic, but then he had all these like hot political takes and just sort oh, of the no. big, the Mighty Mighty Boston's fell apart. They came back with the new album and then it just Yeah, I think just a couple years ago yeah. or not even, I think last year they might have actually been, broke up. Yeah. But yeah, because hot takes hot it's takes will hot get you there. Takes. I just love that and he looks drunk. He does, yeah. In this in film. This. Um, to be honest with you. The the dancing guy who was always in the band just dancing. Yeah. He's he's in this movie too. Doesn't play an instrument. No, he dances. He just dances. <laughs> just moshing. Yeah, just guy. skanking. <laughs> That's all he can do. It, it doesn't go as badly as the other one does. She notices that Ty's not having a good time. Right. But then sees that Paul Rudd goes over and they're kind of, you know, hitting it off too. Right. Uh, Christian wants to hang out with the guys. They have like an after party going yep. on. So uh, Paul Rudd drives them home again. Yep. And they're just chilling. They're watching Ren and Stimpy, having a good time, just eating snacks. Looks like, it looks cozy. I don't know. It looks like a fun night. S- simpler times, you know? They get a bunch of takeout, bring it home. She won't let Dan and I eat anything with red meat. Right. Yeah. But the, th- but the thing is, though, is that when she's get- earlier in the film, she's giving the advice to Ty of, oh, don't, don't look at him too quickly. Pretend to be talking to somebody else. Yeah. Always, always leave him hanging. Make sure that he you know, wanting always coming back for more. And then, so Josh at the dance, he, she thinks that he feels bad for Ty. So she gets yeah. jealous on her own words of wisdom. Yes. Cause now she sees him having fun with her and she's having fun with him. So she gets very jealous. Yes. <laughs> and that's when she realizes, Oh crap, this guy, even though he's my ex stepbrother, I really like him. Yeah, I mean, it's a while until she, like, really gets to that realization. Yeah, but you can see but it. It's, you, it's cooking. The train, the wheels are turning. Yeah, yeah, the wheels are turning for sure. Um, The next day, Christian calls her, which she's surprised because boys never call the, yeah. the day they say they will. Right. Um, and then she invites, he says he's going to come over with some videos. Um, And, you know, some mixed signals. She, re- she reads some of them wrong, but... For for teenagers, it is crazy that he brought Spartacus. Yeah. That's a weird choice. Yeah. It's funny that she says, you know, with naivete, he had a thing for Tony Curtis. Yeah, right. Um, but even so, like, just, did, did just she crazy it, choice in context to bring Spartacus over for, like, a fun hangout. Didn't she call it Sporadicus? Yeah, Sporadicus. Also a very famous quote from this movie. Right. Sporadicus. <laughs> um, yeah, she's trying to put the moves on him. And he's clearly not interested. Yeah. And then he realizes what's going on. He's like, I'm real tired. I yeah. got to go. Uh, which then leads to the scene. But that's kind of unfortunate because he was he was a little bit leading her on because he made her yeah. give. She gave him a kiss on the cheek. And you know, I don't, I don't just, really blame her too much for that one. It's just sort of his weird retro vibe yeah. that includes hitting on ladies as an aesthetic. Right. Without actually meaning it, I guess. Right. Um, and yeah, so... The next day, they're in a car, just her with Stacey Dash and Donald Faison. Yep. Um, and then he says a bunch of things that are probably not the way you'd refer to gay people today. Right. Um, well, he's teaching he's teaching um, Dion how to drive. Yes. And she accidentally goes on the freeway. Yep. She goes on the freeway. Um, when realizing that Christian's gay, uh, Cher says, I'm like totally bugging. Yeah. Um, which is a phrase I say. I'm totally to bugging. myself <laughs> a lot. I'm like totally, bu- oh my God, I'm totally bugging. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they get on the freeway. It's it's briefly a horror movie yep. about driving on the freeway. Just drive a little faster. It's not that difficult. No, it's it's difficult. L.A., though, they're crazy out there on the roads. The most surprising part about that whole scene, they're driving on the freeway. There's no traffic. Free-flowing in L.A. <laughs> no Seriously? chance. No chance. <laughs> it's after school. Maybe it's in, like, a pocket of, like, 3 to 3.30 p.m. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's always bad in L.A. I've never driven there. Yeah. Apparently it's always bad. I don't always know. bad. But in 1995, things were less, simpler. Yeah, less there cars was less traffic. Yeah. <laughs> so there's less like cars and trucks on the road. 20% less cars. But a lot of trucks were finding them in this particular scene. And yep. motorcycles and yep. old women flipping them it's off. Like the Hell's and, Angels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless she's uh, going to get held at gunpoint again. Yeah, exactly. After all this, she realizes that she does, you know, she she sees the special relationship that Dion has uh, with her boyfriend and right. decides she really does want a boyfriend herself, too. Yeah. Her and Christian stay friends. They're shopping together. They see Ty hanging out with some dudes who dangle her over the railing. Yeah. On the Just second randomly, floor of them all. Like, Ha-ha. Not a funny <laughs> joke. Messed up. It's like they're like Batman holding like the Joker off yeah. the tower. And that's kind of it for Christian in the movie. That's it. He disappears. He pretty much disappears from here. Once he's no longer like a, a target for her romantically, I guess you just assume they're hanging out in the background. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. They're friends. Spend time on right. that. Yeah. I think the movie covers kind of not an explicitly defined amount of time. Right. But it seems like it's a while. It's at least a few months, I think. I think it is, yeah. Um, there's no like big ultimate prom scene or anything. No, no, you, no. you don't necessarily get the impression that it's the end of the school year at the yeah. end it seems like it's so the start know. of the second semester yeah i think that's the end of the first semester and the start of the second yeah year, yeah right exactly if you want to take his gospel that christian was only going to be there for the second semester right then there's that change over right. a little less than halfway through i think um and then uh, stuff starts going going uh bad for her this this near-death experience for ty has turned her into the most popular girl in school right um, even though Cher was actually held at gunpoint and mugged, right. no one no one cares about that. No one that. cares about her. Nope. Um, and there's uh, some words exchanged, some some mean stuff is said. And uh well, this is this is a- after though she goes and fails her driving test. Yes, she goes and fails her driving test. Yep. And she tries to negotiate a way out of that one, but uh that's a pretty famous scene too, with her, you know, almost running over the bike yeah. and hitting all the parked cars. Yeah, right, yep. Uh, and then, yeah, she can't negotiate herself. As far as you're concerned, I'm the Messiah of yeah. the DMV. Girly, as far as you're concerned, I'm the Messiah of the DMV. <laughs> and that is how anyone who works at a DMV, oh, yeah. that's the vibe they have. Oh, 100%. Um, they do not want to be there. Yeah. She gets back home after failing. Ty and Josh are hanging out. Hanging out. And Ty's like, you Add gotta, an insult to injury. Yes. Ty's like, you got to set me up with Josh. Yep. And she's kind of like, eh, I don't see you guys meshing. Yep. Then they have a falling out. Ty says, you're a virgin. You can't drive. Right. And leaves. <laughs> yep. It's really hurt, Ty. Yep. It did. Uh, Cher goes on her sort of like vision quest through Rodeo Drive. Yeah, right. And Just shopping. Goes shopping and then has a slow realization that she's in love with Josh. Yeah. Um, well. Fountain goes off in the background. I had the. I had the. I thought of that scene as like she had the realization that she is the clueless one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She calls herself clueless in here, I think, too. Um, she's watching the news with Josh on the couch. 
and something about the uh, Bosnia, and she's like, "Oh, I thought they had they made yeah." Peace in the she's she doesn't know how to act around him anymore, so yeah. she's trying to be like earlier in the movie. She he he had like turned off whatever MTV show she was watching to right. throw on the news. Yep. And now she's trying to like be you know seem more mature or right. just into the things that he's into, and um, yeah, it's she doesn't really know how to act around him anymore now that she's had this realization. This, uh, I guess, sort of includes a sincere attempt to sort of be a better person, yep. which leads to the the beach disaster relief yep. thing. She signs up for the Pismo Beach, the Pismo Beach disaster relief fund. Yep, um, she gives away her dad's skis. Yep, or her skis raises some money. Has uh, people are bringing stuff in to give away. Red caviar. Yeah, Travis shows up, the skater who hasn't been around for a bit. Yeah, well, he's um, in, he's in Alcoholics Anonymous apparently. Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, he, he the gives up his step bomb. Program. <laughs> yeah. Right. For He's a high t- school kid. <laughs> it should have been a different program for a teenager to it's have to be. Uh, group. There's a bunch of steps. And I had to apologize. Yep. She's like 12 steps. And I was like, Oh, yep. <laughs> At 16, he's an alcoholic. I guess so. Yeah. Um, and so like shares being not as much of a jerk anymore yeah. to people just because of what click they're in. Right. And so she's going to go to a skate show on yeah. the weekend. Yep. ASL. Yep, exactly. He has a bong that she's like, put that in kitchenware, I guess. Yep. It's like, oh, that's where always where I kept it. Um, she goes there, ties there too. They sort of reconcile. Not sort of, they do reconcile. They do reconcile. Yeah, she apologizes. Yeah, she is like, wow, you know what? Travis is really into the, he's like really committed to this yep. skate thing. He's not just like a loser. Right. Um, and that's at the time when that's that stuff's becoming super popular. That's you got too, Tony yeah. Hawk, you got the X Games, right? So yeah. So it's being seen as like a legit thing, not just losers are doing it. Uh, She's back home. There's a a big case that her dad's been working on that she accidentally threw out some papers for. Yeah. So some guy who's, I think only in this scene uh, yells at her and and Josh comes to her defense. Yeah. Yeah. But accuses them of doing what they were doing in his, I mean, he was correct. (laughs) Yeah. And he gets upset because he knows it's, he knows it's true. Yeah, exactly. But I have an interesting question for you. What case do you think he's working on? I, I have an idea. 95? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? O.J. Simpson. I was going to say, do you think it's O.J.? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I think this is like, he's... Um, you think this is um, John Travolta's character from... <laughs> it's, what's his face? It's, it's He's Kardashian. It's not the murder case. It's the civil suit case. Okay. Because it's, because, um, she should, she should have more sisters then. <laughs> no, I, well, yeah, sure. But because in the beginning of the film, when Josh first shows up, she, she has the line that says, um, uh, actually, Cato, that's exactly what it means. And that's an OJ reference because Cato is the guy that's sort of just hanging around the OJ house during the night of the murders. Yeah. So I'm, when, all of a sudden, yeah. there's this massive case. I'm like, there is a Kato Kalin reference this that is I the, couldn't yeah. really place. This is the OJ case that he's working on. I, I mean, Dan Hadai does kind of look like Robert Kardashian. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the OJ case. Yeah, it could it's be. It's the right time frame for it. That's 94. That's my conspiracy theory. I like, I like that head kid, and let's go with that. Uh, so they're working on the OJ case. Yeah. <laughs> she, they're tracing all the phone calls that OJ's making to Nicole. You know what I mean? And to the there's something about September 3rd and something yep. about August. Yep. And I wonder if those were important. telling you. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to, I'm going to go back and do some research on some OJ dates and if September 3rd and August line up. 
<laughs> I solved the mystery. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do your own research as always. <laughs> um, but they, after this guy yells at her, she's, they sort of, you know, they, they make out on the stairs. Yeah. Another very famous scene. Yep. Um, she's closer with Ty and Dion. Mr. Hall and Miss Geist get married. Get married yep. They're all hanging out at the after, yeah, the, the, at the reception. I'm saying yep. after party. Um, she catches the wedding bouquet. She and Josh kiss. And that's that's pretty much the end. General public's tenderness is playing. Yep. But the it's good stuff. The one line I don't understand is that they so flash. It's the wedding, and yep. she goes. Uh, I forgot what's the line she says. Well, it's uh, no. She says as if again. Yeah. Is wearing this is California, not Kentucky. But, so so she says um uh like something like something to the effect of oh and you can guess what happened next yeah and it flashes and it's briefly I don't know if it's actually Paul Rudd but it's someone that's like a younger man with all their hair yeah that's the groom and then the bride's wearing a veil you can't really tell who it is right and so the implication is oh you know what happens next and right. then it's people no, right. getting married yep but then she's like oh come on it's not Kentucky because she's fifteen or sixteen <laughs> and also. Making out with her stepbrother. Okay, so we're at the end of the movie. We can talk about that now. Um, was that weird for you? Because that's something I mean, that obviously a, has been... That's a little weird of a plot that I think gets, I don't know, overlooked. If you revisit She does that, explicitly say, like, you're not my brother yeah. earlier. They were they were briefly step-siblings, but their parents are yeah. no longer married to well, each other. Because Dan Hedaya says, uh, you divorce wives, not stepchildren. Yeah. Which... So wouldn't that still make them be step brother and sister? I feel like I mean I wasn't by that there. logic. I wasn't there at the time, but pretty much the conversation around this movie, to my knowledge, has always included the. It's weird that that's part of the movie. Yeah, it's it's it is weird. <laughs> um, and we were talking a lot a lot in the last episode. Ten things I hate about you that what it inherits from Taming of the Shrew leads to this sort of uneasiness, this kind of dissonance, this sort of cruelty that it has to be present even if you try and make it fun. Yeah. Um, and that's just part of, you know, that's the price of admission for adapting this thing. And you would think that something that strange is maybe, oh, that must just be in the original text, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's an invention for wrote, this movie. Wrote it, wrote it in. In the book, it's her sister's husband's brother. So it's her brother-in-law's brother. Fine. Yeah, especially in the 1800s. Yeah. Wouldn't necessarily say common, but certainly nothing people would have, you know, been weirded out by. Right. Um, why can't it be yeah. something like that in this film? Why? Did, why? It's, it's, it is a little weird that it's her ex-stepbrother. That's a little weird. It's a little strange. Yeah. Um, I guess how else do you get an... Olderish but still young guy in the orbit. I don't. I, I guess maybe, and that was just the most elegant solve they could come up with. Yeah, I guess that. so. But the the if she had a maybe they didn't want her to have a sibling. They maybe they tried out some of those theories. Yeah, yeah didn't yeah. work. If it was if it was her sister's husband's brother, mm -hmm. fine. Not some like random ex stepbrother who still comes over for dinner randomly. And want, wants to be an environmental lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, that was, that plot was very weird. That was really odd. He was very, I mean, she she even literally says at one point, like, you're very, 
uh, freshman psychology major. Yeah. And he says, I'm not a psychology major. And I don't, or he says, I don't even take psychology. Right. But that's the vibe. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this guy who's, he's, Freudian. He's, he's, he's in his first semester at yeah. college and now he has an Amnesty International t-shirt and he's really into watching the news because he wants to know what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's older and more mature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't really have a good answer for you no, on no, that. No, no. It's it, strange. I, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. It, it is a little weird, but it's still, yeah. it's still a great film. I think it's, I mean, they go so far out of their way to be like, we're not related. Yeah, we yeah. don't consider each other relatives. Yeah. No one else does either. Right. Um, it, he is divorced, it, yeah, from the, his mother. So. Right, yeah. But it is odd that you would not think of a different way to incorporate this yeah. guy. I, I mean, I'm not a screenwriter. Maybe there just wasn't a better way they thought of. And Yeah. I well, maybe introducing you know, I a sister or a brother would be that just be an added layer in another character. Maybe added twenty minutes to the movie. So. Yeah, why don't why yeah. doesn't she have like a, a like a much older sister? Yeah, and that sister's husband has a much younger brother that's right. around her age. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. That's just whatever. It, it is what it is. Or instead of her mom dying from uh, liposuction surgery, mm-hmm. it was maybe her older sister died, and that's her widowed husband. Yeah. And he falls in love with the youngest sister. I don't know. Well, coolest too. So then you just get into age weirdness. Yeah, that's I don't true. know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because um, he's, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so cast wise, we we already said that Alicia Silverstone, Amy Heckerling had seen in the video for crying. She's in three Aerosmith videos. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they also. When it was still in development at Fox, the executives suggested Alicia Witt, Carrie Russell, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Angelina Jolie. Uh, Heckerling even met with Reese oh. Witherspoon. Um, Carrie Russell, I think, would have been a good choice. Yeah. It, it eventually gets made by Paramount, so I don't know if, like, oh, and then you couldn't have those people, but I think, yeah. at least according to Heckerling, she had always kept Alicia Silverstone in the back of her mind for this kind of thing. And that video was heavy, heavy rotation, 93. Yeah, I think that was the like the number one video. 93, I want to say. Yeah. She's only like 16 in it. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, she, they, they were, they didn't put Heckerling under a lot of pressure at Paramount to pick stars. So she picked Silverstone, uh, Ben Affleck and Zach Braff auditioned for Josh, Paul Rudd's part. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller was offered Amber. who's a pretty small part. She's like yeah. the rival. Yep. Um, she turned it down because she was still on All My Children. Zoe Deschanel auditioned for the role as well. Didn't get it. Yep. Uh, a theme lately, I think, also in Josie and the Pussycats, Zoe Deschanel auditioned and didn't, didn't get that yeah. either. She wouldn't have been the right fit for that. She's too nice. Yeah. She's too of a, she would have been a good fit for Silverstone's character, not necessarily for Amber. Yeah. And I mean, she's like an unknown at this point. Right, so right, right, right. I mean, that just shapes her career differently if the first time people know where she's rude yeah but maybe all those folks dodge the bullet because their careers sort of have been pretty relevant and yep alicia silverstone just sort of disappeared yeah kind of. um i think donald Faison's great in this but they also auditioned uh or considered terrence howard and dave chappelle for that role oh. which terrence howard that would have been a real turn three three dudes with very different energies yeah. um yeah really different energies well terrence howard is real out there yeah is uh, but he's I mean you know he's a good actor though yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Renner auditioned for the role of Christian 
Oh, no way. They thought about Harvey Keitel for Cher's dad. Yeah, no way. No chance. I like Dan Hedaya all the way. There's no, yeah, none of these swaps I would have made. You cannot make a bet. There's no better movie dad. There's no better movie dad. Uh, Wallace Shawn's based on a real teacher. That, that, I mean, that feels right. Yeah. He, he does have a very teachery vibe. He was a teacher also. Yeah. Um, so he drew on that experience. Yeah. Chasing Tony Montoya down around in Princess Bride. We didn't talk about it a ton, but the fashion in this movie is also a big part of its cultural footprint. Yeah. Um, that's not really my bag, man, but yeah. uh, to do another Austin Powers reference <laughs> much later in the podcast. Now I have to keep the earlier one. Um, <laughs> but it's obviously a big part of this. Yeah, it, it sets uh, the stage. Legacy. Yeah. Is the fashion. Because it, it brings together a bunch of, you have like super rich Valley Girl, you have sort of. Uh, Paul Rudd, the grunge. Yeah, you have the grunge fashion making a statement there, and and you sort of have like African American fashion. Yeah, 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 and uh, the kind of the critique of nineties boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Backwards hats with the Jinko jeans, Jinko jeans, and yeah, wallet chains. Yeah, and we're supposed to swoon over them. Yeah. Um, it won best screenplay at the National Society of Film Critic Awards. It won breakthrough performance for Alicia Silverstone at the National Board of Review. Like I said, it was nominated for the WGA Award for best screenplay. It was nominated for four MTV Movie Awards. It won best female performance for Alicia Silverstone, and then she also won most desirable female. Yeah, uh, which is a category I imagine they don't have anymore. Probably not because weird, weird stuff. And then seeing that sent me down a bit of a rabbit hole. And so I don't really, it's not really a game so much as how much do you remember what was going on around this time in the 90s? I don't know if they have the same eligibility period as the Oscars, that is just 95 releases. Clueless is one of the five nominees for best movie. Yep. It's just a really funny mix, which is why I'm even mentioning it. So the other nominees are Apollo 13, Braveheart, and Dane. Oh, Braveheart. Braveheart, Dangerous Minds, and then. They all lost to seven. Oh. Which I guess the kids were real into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a Brad Pitt. All those teens were real into seven. Yep. Um, Best male performance that year was Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura 2 when Nature Calls. Oh. (laughs) Um, Like I said, Alicia Silverstone wins her best female performance. She beats out Sandra Bullock in While You Were Sleeping, Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds, Sharon Stone in Casino, and Susan Sarandon in Dead Man Walking. So the kids kids oh. love these movies. That and that's the MTV Movie Choice Awards. Yeah. No, no. Ch- if you're 13 or 14 and you're watching Seven, you we might have to have the FBI look at you. Although while you were sleeping, that's a great film. Yeah. Well, also also so also some weird you know power dynamic kind oh, of yeah. thing going on in a real like this is 19 you know the mid 90s best on screen duo Chris Farley and David Spade and Tommy Boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith and Bad Boys, Ice Cube and Chris Tucker and Friday, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen and Toy Story, and then not really in the same vibe, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman and Seven. <laughs> that is, that's wild. Who wins? Uh, Farley and Spade okay. for Tommy Boy, yeah, 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 which yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yep. Kevin Spacey wins Best Villain. Yeah. Good choice, that, actually. That, make, that one holds up. That's That makes sense for <laughs> movies and real life. Most villain, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I wanted to just mention, they, they made the wrong choice. For Best Song in a Movie, they gave it to Brandy for her song from Waiting to Exhale. They didn't give it to Whitney Houston for her title track from Waiting to Exhale. 
also nominated that year was Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise. Oh, yeah. Um, the U2 song from Batman Forever and fucking Kiss from a Rose for Batman Forever. Oh, wow. You had Gangster's Paradise or Kiss from a Rose right they, there. They lost. Wow. They lost. To, yeah. Anyway. What a time to be alive. So earlier this week, the AV Club put out a ranking of the 40 best movie soundtracks. And at number 17 is Clueless. And th this is an excellent soundtrack. It's a good Mo soundtrack. Movies just don't have these types of soundtracks anymore. I don't know if it's actually on if they're going just by what's in the movie, if there's a difference between that and what's on like a CD you could buy. Yeah. But there was some Radiohead in there, which I yep. appreciated. Um, yeah. The, like we already said, there's Kids in America by the Muffs. Yeah. There's the Ghost in You, but that's the Counting Crows. Yep. Supermodel by uh, Jill Sabell. Rolling with my homies, Coolio, the Radiohead song. Yeah. Um, money, money, Boss Tones. Money, Where, Money, Boss Tones. Yep. Where'd you go? And, um, <laughs> Okay, well, any other thoughts on this movie? No, I, I this is a this is a classic. I really enjoyed it. Great film. Uh, it my for me, two thousand four Mean Girls came out. And I was a senior in high school, and I that I felt that was very relatable at the time. Yeah, but if just want knowing being the almost thirty seven years old and watching this movie now, I this just reminds me of sort of being in middle school mm. right at the time. Uh, so real on point. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or right before I got into middle school. We we use the word time capsule a lot for 10 Things I Hate About You, which was 1999. Yeah. This is mid-90s. Yeah, this is what... Yeah. It wasn't even just that it was reflecting that. It was like, okay, now this is defining that. Defining, yeah. Um, And sort of trendsetting yep. for a lot of styles and especially quotes and, and just vernacular. It yeah, actually yeah. had like a quantifiable impact on that kind of, on those things. Yeah. Yeah, this, it, this is a big one. <laughs> you could see where like Mean Girls, yeah. Tina Fey just, I wouldn't say rips it off, but a lot of it is, there's a lot of borrowed themes in yeah. a very similar movie. Just just throughout. We, yeah. we did Heathers back in the fall. Yep. Same idea. These these things are very, you know, they're all singular movies, but they have certain commonalities. Yeah, yeah. They all have the scene where someone's being shown around. Right. You know, oh, it's morning of their first school day. Don't talk to those people. Hang out with these people. This yeah. is that group. There's the Persian mafia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. Mean, mean Girls, uh, Cher would be Regina George if she were actually mean. Yeah. And then Ty is Lindsay Lohan's character. Yeah. Comes in from I mean, like, yeah. right, wearing a flannel shirt and sort of like. Yeah, pretty similar yeah. things that they're probably wearing. Yeah, no, I mean, as you mentioned that, they're wearing pretty similar things. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Yep. Uh, let's get to ratings on a scale of 0.5 to five on any scale of your choosing, uh, aside from stars, what would you give Amy Heckling's 1995 film clueless? I give this film five Mentos fresh makers out of five high score. I love it. Um, I'm not going to go lower than you. I just need to figure out what it is. The Mentos commercial thing again, like Why is it, time there? Capsule. <laughs> what? it just was a fun thing. Maybe the, did, did you're like, was that in the script? Did Brittany Murphy know they were filming? Yeah. Like, I have no clue. It's, I mean, it makes, clearly, it's yeah, so it's just playing of, it up, but still. It's just smack right in the middle of the film. She just sings a Mentos commercial. And, and it was a thing. It watching movies think today. of Foo Fighters uh, music video for Big Me. Yeah. <laughs> and you think about watching movies today and all the product placement, in it, whether subli subliminal or overt. But at this time, same thing. You have Diet Coke cans yeah. everywhere. There's an ode to the Egg McMuffin for making... Uh, Stoner uh, McGee the late to school. Yeah. Reminds me of like Fast and the Furious when it's like, here, have an ice cold Corona. <laughs> Same idea. 
classic. <laughs> classic. So I'm going to go five as ifs yeah. out of five. That was my original idea. I couldn't think of a yeah, better yeah. one. It'd be weird if we didn't use it. Yeah. <laughs> you could have did five Egg McMuffins. That's true. Yeah. That would be a good one, too. Now I want five Egg McMuffins. Um, all right, cool. Well, thanks for being on, Anthony. Thank you. Anytime. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbeans. You can email Noah at late2themovies at gmail.com. You can look at fun pictures at late2themovies underscore podcast on Instagram. You can uh, do, I mean, do whatever you want. Don't let me tell you what to do. What to do. You can go buy t-shirts at on our uh, T Public page. Just, uh, you know, Google us and Team Public and you'll find it. I feel like I usually say other stuff, but I can't remember it. So I'll just say whatever. There it is. Have a good night. <laughs> I hope you're listening to this at night or else that won't make sense. Oh no. You, you, know, you can cut that I gotta, out. I gotta close. <laughs> I'm just going to end it. It's fine.